Cork's new way to wake up. This is Red FM Breakfast with KC. I am absolutely beyond delighted to welcome one of the best Irish players, one of the best Munster players in history, live in studio, Mr. CJ Standard. A little round of applause for CJ, lads. Hey, it's great to see you, fella. For a fella that's... uh, you don't hang up the rugby ball, but uh, you you tapped out of uh, professional hang rugby. Boots. Hang, hang up, up the boots. boots. You're still in ridiculous shape. Disgustingly good shape. It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it really, really annoying. Is. Do tricks. Do tricks. Two uh, tricks, yeah. Just wear black. You know? okay. uh, yeah, yeah, that's one. Black is slimming. And uh, there's a trick that you put your tongue in your uh, top of your mouth and then it looks like you don't have a double chin. Oh, know, so, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all. No, yeah. Does that work? I've yeah, got a beard. So. That's why I grew a beard. Yeah, you're fine. You look at a great shape. You were in Cork today, and you've been hanging around the country for the last couple of weeks because everywhere I go, I'm seeing photographs and articles about your your arrival, and you're still causing a stir. You still have a huge fan base over in this country. Uh, today, you were doing something for a day in my wheels to spinal injury people. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I know it's um, it's something else, but we that we all uh, take for um, for granted that we're able to move and, and, and uh, be able to just walk around normal, you know, and yeah. uh, this uh, day for me, this charity was, was something I did close to home. I've got a family member who's in a wheelchair and um, I was in it now for the last two hours and, yo, know, it's, I must say, it's, it's difficult to move around if you don't know what you're doing and yeah. just to uh, uh, think, oh, I'll just quickly jump up here and, and walk, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think it's a great charity and I think it's a great thing to be involved in and just um, general you know, the last few years after I finished up, just to be grateful for what you have, you know. Absolutely. Uh, to be yeah. able to move, so, yeah. yeah. Good on you for giving them some time, fair mm. play. Uh, we miss you. <laughs> we miss you a lot. Uh, Hugely. Uh, in, in the green shirt and in the red shirt, how much do you miss it? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, walking around and, and being around now in Cork and Limerick and Dublin for the last few days has been, uh, it's been special. Mm. You know, I think the, the biggest part, I miss the people. Yeah, of course. And I've said this before. People think I want on about this, but I do miss the people. And I do miss um, walking around and talking about uh, old memories and just uh, Ireland and, and well, Cork and Limerick in general. But uh, the game, not so much. I actually uh, dislocated my shoulder a few weeks ago, oh, oh, trying nice. to be tough, you know. And I yeah. juggled uh, one of the lads and yeah. some big South African fellas said to me, "Sit down, bud." <laughs> <laughs> but when you come home, though, like you must be walking the street and people walk by, going, "That's not wait, that's not CJ Stander, is it?" And then yeah. they're like, "What is CJ Stander?" <laughs> It's the accent, you know, you, you walk up and uh, people go, oh, this fella, I'm not sure if it's him exactly that. Yeah. So uh, me and my mates, we I call it the, the double check, you know, mm-hmm. someone walks, they see you and then nah, I can't be. And then they hear me or they, they see someone else look, you know. So um, it's funny because back home, I think uh, in South Africa that I'm so involved in work and keep my head down in the office and then off, onto sites that I don't realize uh, that I played rugby almost, you know, when, mm. I, when, I, when I get the opportunity to get back home. Uh, it is great to uh, walk around and, and yeah be recognised as well and um, you know I always I always enjoy the kids because you could see they get a smile and there's a glimmer of hope and I like that. The funny thing about it is um, when you were growing up playing rugby, I mean you had an incredible youth career to get to where you went to, and then for somebody to turn around and say to you, "You're too small to play for South Africa," like what genius came up with that idea? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it was tough, you know. You, you go through, you go through life, and I think life gives you uh, obstacles. And I think I was a massive obstacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on that, and you know, you sit there and you think to yourself, I have to make a decision here, and probably not a lot of opportunities. Lucky for me, uh, Manser came along, and they were actually looking for a winger. 
And uh, I don't know where I popped up. Uh, loose yeah. forward. I, I probably looked quick for them at that stage. <laughs> but when I arrived, we thought, uh, it could have been quicker. But anyway, um, big, big obstacle. Uh, and it was tough. But again, made the, uh, decisions. And uh, yeah, I uh, flew. I remember that. I flew into Cork. It was the 1st of October, 41st of November, mm -hmm. 2012, into Cork Airport. And uh, yeah, life changed. Did you hear the story, to hear the story about CJ uh, sleeping on the streets five no. days, five days <laughs> into his arrival in nice. Cork? So his new monster teammates go, we'll bring CJ uh, on the town in Cork. And with very little English, they went on the Raz. You lost all of the lads. You ended up wandering the streets on your own with very little English, not knowing where you were going. You had no phone numbers, no contact for anyone. Where did you end up that night? I literally knew like one or two names. I knew uh, Barry, the guy who dropped me, and, and I think I was Barry, the Mike, you know. So these guys were from Limerick as well. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, a long story short, lost them, couldn't get back. What happened was I got to Dorman. He said, but I said, I'm with the Mansard team. He turns around, he goes, you can't even speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. I got thrown into a taxi, uh, got into the cab and uh, said to the guy, now, this is where the English probably got cut short. Yeah. I was like, I need to go to the blind dogs. <laughs> okay. Your man's like, what? Yeah. This guy, are you drunk or whatever? <laughs> anyway, sorry. And uh, he just said, I kept on saying blind dogs. After half an hour, he dropped me at the guide dogs of Ireland. I knew <laughs> that is where I was supposed to be. Walked down, found house uh, that was supposed to be in, rattled around to find a key, found it. This is a good four or five hours later. And mm. uh, went for breakfast the next morning. Uh, uh, played to the lads that I got lost, but I did get lost. So, uh, yeah, that uh, first two weeks in, uh, in 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 Cork was special. You know, twelve pops of Christmas, uh, got lost. <laughs> the most <laughs> got, important thing. Yeah. Exactly, got introduced to Murphy's. I mean, uh, what a life! What an introduction. <laughs> what more do you want? Wow. But when you arrive over, like with very little English, and then you have to learn English from guys with Cork and Limerick accents, <laughs> how difficult is that? Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, that is the dilemma because uh, we were doing. The, we were doing a monster race as well for years. Uh, the first three years I arrived and we went down to Dingle. And I thought I'd got my English and my accents down to a T. Like, you're from Cork, you're from America. And we got down there. I was like, well, <laughs> this is something completely different. So, um, and the scary thing is when I sp speak English back home, people, well, they don't think I'm Irish, but they are so confused. It's yeah. like, this guy is a South African accent. He's speaking um, English with an Irish accent, so like I'm all I'm a they call me the world guy there because I'm yeah. like all over the place. Um, I recall at the Munster Rugby Awards uh, many many years ago when Axel, the late great Axel, uh, was the team manager. Um, I was hosting the awards and you were called out as the Player of the Year, and I think this might have been your second or third year in a row winning it. And I just recall looking across the room and Axel stood up and gave you a standing ovation, and then everybody else stood up. But he was so proud of you and uh, he had he, he just loved you as a person and a player um, he he was pretty special yeah he's yeah. Uh, one of those guys that come across you uh, if I get emotional just uh, excuse me but people come across your life and then uh, they they put something in your into you from, from their side you know and he I think he spotted me when I was, was just around at Manchester struggling obviously the English language is a problem but then just the game as well and then just to learn the culture you know, he made sure that I was invited to his house uh, many times. Yeah. My family, many times. That you, you, like, you don't have to, you know. And he opened uh, those doors for me, and I just learned from him and his family. And I think that gone into the game, and, and obviously that year I think we were struggling. Not mm. think, we were struggling. It was a frustrating year, yeah. We were just, yeah. just qualifying for Europe, and we went through a stage where we were spending a lot of time together. And, yeah, I think... Um, 
that award after that, seeing that, as you said, now he stood up and he, he gave me a hug afterwards. And that wasn't, that's a personal accolade, but that accolade was more for the team, and but but for him as well and the coaching staff because they were going through a difficult time. And then, yeah, yeah. The, the year later, he was gone. Yeah, it's it's been tough. And he will always be remembered as one of those super managers who had this incredible relationship with his players. They really, they really did love him. And I suppose you're very lucky to have uh, have spent so much time with him. Yeah, you know, you um, you talk to the family afterwards, and and then you realise that you probably spend more time with him than he spent with his family. You know, yeah. so um, I mean, his kids were in in training, and I've seen them grow up in Killaloo. And yeah, look, uh, whatever you say about him, he was probably take coaching and all those things away. Great human being, looked after his family very well, and he's one of those people he probably. They didn't talk a lot, but when he spoke, people listened. Yeah. And when you're facing the All Blacks, facing the hack, and you guys are in that eight, can you describe just the electricity that's ah. going through and what's what's going through your mind at that point? You know, um, there's sometimes in your life again where you, you do things, and we were standing in that eight, um, and fair play to lads uh, from the rest of the squad, because we when you we weren't even sure if we were going to play the week after Axel passed away against Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Chicago, and the lad said, why don't we do this and put the Munster boys in front? So you can see it's me, Konamari, Tonika Ryan, Zeba. We're all in the front of that eight. But that connection we had there in that eight was, you could feel it. You could, mm. you knew your, your brother was there, your teammate was there, and you could feel Axel, if he was there, you could feel the wind blowing on a, in a warm day in Soldier Field. And we came out that day, first time ever. I've, I've never gone to a place where a team has played like that. And I think we saw it on the weekend mm-hmm. when uh, Ireland played against South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that was the level we played at. And uh, you could see the team was doing replicating that and playing even better. You got to try uh, that there as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was lucky enough. Uh, again, you know, when I rise in Munster, I scored 80 metre try. Someone um, told me the other day. But then I turned into a guy who scored eight centimetre tries. You know? <laughs> the so expectation. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just dive over. Yeah. Um, You've had many of them, probably too many to mention, but in terms of your Munster moments and your Irish moments, what's your standout moment in this country playing rugby? Yeah, uh, again, I just mentioned that game against Glasgow when Axel passed away the week before. Uh, the rugby community uh, is one thing, but then the community in Ireland to get together when something like that happens, mm. it's unbelievable. That was Munster memory. I've got a picture of that. And when I spoke about gratefulness earlier, if I see that at home, I'm like, well, Whatever I have, what problems I have, that was special. Yeah. And then the Irish game is Soldier Field was up there, but then when we beat New Zealand the first time in Dublin, I'll tell you what, it was. I've never seen a place like that. It was uh, Dublin was just pumping, and everyone. Um, the game of rugby brought a lot of joy to a lot of people that day, and, and that was one of the things I played the game for. Yeah, you did say in your last test match when you did that interview and you started to get emotional and everybody watching started crying. You said dreams do come true. Mm. And little did you know, you know, coming out of South Africa, coming out of the schools, the path that would have been formed for you, for the, the incredible life that you, you ended up having over here. Um, so you've had, you've had just an incredible journey of it. Now let's jump to this moment in time. You're watching the Rugby World Cup. You're keeping an eye on things at the moment. How do you feel we're going to do? Don't jinx it. Mm. How do you- <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll is going to jump out of closet or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. like <that. laughs> do you think? Do you think it's in this team? Yeah. Look, I spoke. Uh, uh, we spoke earlier about it, and I said that it's difficult to call it now. There's so many games, so many things that can still happen. Yeah. Um, we've got four of the best teams: uh, Ireland, New Zealand. Everyone knows this: France and South Africa. 
in uh, playing in the playoffs. You know, so you're going to miss two of them already. Mm-hmm. If I if I look at what I've seen, go back into the South African game. That was probably one of the best games you will ever see in your life. Mm. You had uh, players playing at their top capacity, um, physicality-wise. No uh, injuries, no head injuries, no eye tackles, no red cards, no yellow cards. You know that's, and for both of those teams, those teams, that is the pinnacle. And it, and the one thing as well as South Africa wasn't playing well, and neither did Ireland. There's a few lineouts missed. So for me, I feel those are the two teams that's going to be in the final. We will meet them again, you think? I think so. And yeah. a lot of people say, yes, South Africa, South Africa could have beaten with the penalties. But mm. if you look at it, uh, Ireland's lineups didn't fire. Mm. The scrums probably didn't fire and they probably didn't get the ball wide enough quicker. Yeah. So both sides can actually still get better. And that's the beauty of this World Cup. It's probably, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll, the next World Cup will be this exciting. But to see a, guy, a team like Fiji coming through, yeah. you know, it's great to watch. It's great to see. Yeah. Uh, Razi Rasmus, obviously a guy you know well. Um, he's obviously in the media quite a bit and he's putting a bit of pressure on Ireland this week. But what are his strengths as a coach? Uh, look, Razi is uh, working with the Monster. He's one of the guys that came into the squad and he just made sure everyone is uh, firstly comfortable. Uh, firstly understood that the most important thing is winning. And whatever you do during the week, you have to do it well. But the most important thing is Saturday when the game, the 80 minutes. So his best thing is to get the best out of all the players, doesn't matter what, you know. So that's his best thing. And yeah, the media, I um, I, I enjoy that, you know, because a lot of people come out and say say things in fairness to him. He backs it, mm-hmm. and um, he, he doesn't shy away. So. But I, he's lethal for the mind game. Ah, hundred percent. He's at it again this week. Uh, yeah. I saw that piece. He said, and and I enjoy that. You know, the game has evolved, and uh, yes, yeah, some some managers do shy away. Some managers mm. go out there and put himself their neck on the line and fair play to them. If it doesn't work, unlucky. If it works, well done. You weren't even born when Euro '88 or Italian '90. You were just born in Italy in 1990, yeah. so you don't know what this country was like when we got as far as we did in those tournaments and we you know we was quarter final territory we really quarter final yeah. if if we do get to a final and if we win it this country is going to shut down for six weeks at least at least I'll yeah. make sure I get tickets in for just, just <laughs> yeah. to arrive in you need to be back here <laughs> for after that final yeah. um, we've got Scotland this weekend um, what are your thoughts on that game going into it Scotland's playing well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're firing very, very well. And that's probably leading from the Six Nations where they've actually they've kept on building. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a completely different game in the sense that uh, it's going to be a 3-6-9 penalty game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not gonna, both teams are going to take the opportunities. And I think um, if you probably put your money in, my money is always always in, on, on Ireland um, as I said before they asked me to uh, leave the country when I came out last week and said um, if South Africa and Ireland play against each other I'm Irishman so uh, yeah. I got deported for six weeks but they'll let you back yeah yeah but it's going to be a tight game way tighter it's probably you're going to see a classic Six Nations game counting down to penalties and again um for me, the biggest thing is just to get through that, get the win, obviously, and then uh, don't carry, well, hopefully not carry too many injuries going mm-hmm. into quarters. Doesn't matter who you play. Yeah. So I talked about a couple of players, one of those being Johnny Sexton and the impact he's had on Ireland as a whole. But in this World Cup, he hasn't played for six months because of injury and suspension and he hits the ground running. He's just an incredible competitor. That's the word. Competitor, straight. And I think what he, he's probably evolved in the last few years into a leader and a very good leader as well. Um, he's a guy that wants the best out of himself yeah. and sometimes probably uh, earlier on 
he he kept pushed people hard, but now he's actually pushing the whole squad. And you can see that, and he, it looks like he's probably involved with uh, a lot of decision making off the field as well. And it's great to see that a guy at that age can just come straight in and play mm-hmm. one of, some of his best rugby. Uh, biggest thing for me is, is he's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see him. I saw him before the game, the South African game. He's taking in every moment. Uh, it's I when I made my decision. It's almost that you uh, that I wanted to retire. That you go into a moment of clarity when you go onto the pitch because you know that there's ten or nine or two or one left. Mm. And uh, one thing that I regret as in my career is that I, uh, if I had that feeling earlier on, you know, every time I walk onto the pitch to enjoy it because I tell you what, it's a uh, it's a great great honour, but it's a privilege to be be on to represent your country but your club as well. Is there any regret or? any jealousy when you see the lads playing in the World Cup that you think I could still be there no uh, no not from my personal view I, I, I the body uh, as I said my shoulder is a bit dusty but um, the body's it's just done you know there's no more games left in it and I think my timing is probably was perfect I could have played another year no problem but the one thing I miss is the crack with the boys mm-hmm. uh, but for me that takes all of that away is just to see how well the team is doing. They really are playing unbelievable. They're enjoying it. You can see they're enjoying it. And we all, well, I knew, uh, I think everyone knows now that this team is um, set up for greatness and uh, yeah, they can they can kick on and, and create and do something special in the next few weeks. Finally, CJ, um, you have all this time now to spend with your beautiful wife and your daughter and it's family time and it's, you know, it's work time and it's construction. You're involved in the BITA. You hope... To, to build, is it a thousand homes in South Africa and educational facilities? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, spending time with the family has been great. I think uh, when you do retire, um, it's, it's difficult because there's not a guideline and each individual is different. So it took a while to, to get over the hurdles that was in my way, but now I've, I feel I've, I've, I'm settled in and enjoying picking up Everly from school is, yeah. and dropping is unbelievable. But um, yeah, so but uh, we're... Uh, we're gonna do. We're planning to do a thousand homes down in uh, down in South Africa. Um, the biggest thing there for me is that when I realized when I got back to South Africa is that obviously there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of problems, but there's a lot of poverty. And um, my biggest thing is grown-ups can look after themselves, but kids can't. You know. Mm-hmm. So if we can help um, a few families out with a home, and a thousand homes would make a big dent. And uh, education uh, centers, you know, that's that's one thing that, that misses there. And I felt in this whole process that I wanted to do something, but I, I was not scared, but I was scared if I do something, it's going to be on a small scale. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, we actually met the, the guys last year at the Scotland game and the Six Nations and we got together and, and, and I was when I said that, I was like, yes, let's do this. Unbelievable. We can make a change and uh, hopefully um, there's a glimmer of hope somewhere and somewhere there pops out a talent that uh, we probably gave a chance and, and they can surprise us in the next few years. Brilliant stuff. On behalf of everyone that's ever been to a Munster game or an Irish game, uh, thank you for everything you did for this yes, country. Sir. And thank you for joining us at Red FM today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Wake up to Red FM Breakfast with KC.